On this episode of Reliterated, if you were a kid in the 90s, you know this story. The story of a gifted little girl with massive brain power. She could read every book in the library at the age of five. She could solve any math problem you give her in her head like a human calculator. And she could even use her mind to move things with only a thought. And woe to any grown-up who got on her bad side, for she is a kid's revenge fantasy incarnate. Also, the book that the movie is based on is pretty good too. We read Matilda on Reliterated, the podcast that wonders what the world record is for longest throw of a five-year-old girl in pigtails. To Reliterated, the lowbrow book club of grown-ass adults discussing the books read by children in the 1990s, but with 2020s hindsight. Fair warning, we use language too mature for kids, analysis too immature for literary scholars, and ignorance too profound to be inoffensive to everyone. We also don't hold back on spoilers, so if you haven't read today's book and don't want to be spoiled, read it before listening. You've been warned. My name's Andy. I'm Harold. And I'm Josh. And I don't know if we're really going to spoil today's book because a lot of people have read it. I mean, maybe I'm just biased because like, I read it and so I assume that everyone's read it. But uh, yeah, today's episode is on Matilda by Roald Dahl. Yeah. I would say if you haven't read it, you've watched the movie. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it was a pretty pretty popular movie released in 96 uh, starring Mara Wilson and uh, featuring Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman too. So that was, that was pretty good. Really good movie. Really good kids movie. It was actually... Uh, Directed by Danny DeVito. And directed by Danny DeVito, too, yeah. Yep. Was that his directorial debut? Oh, Jesus, Josh, we don't know. Uh, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. That's why I asked the question. I didn't know Danny DeVito directed it until I saw a TikTok eight months ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I may have seen the same one where it talks about like a really good uh, warm-hearted moment between Danny DeVito and Mara Wilson. Didn't like Mara she Wilson was... like lose a parent? No, or... she was uh, she was scared to dance in front of all the people, and so Danny DeVito started dancing and told everybody mm. else to dance. So that whole scene where she's dancing around and and using her powers, uh, yeah. Off screen, Danny DeVito and the cameraman and the people holding the mics and everybody are all dancing with her. Yeah, one of those feel-good stories. Yep. Danny DeVito's a good guy. He seems like it, at least. Seem, seems like it, yep. Oh, for sure. Anyway, started blasting. Yep. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but Matilda, the book by the opposite of Danny DeVito, uh, was published first in 1988, which... Seems pretty recent for a Roald Dahl book. Yeah, it seems as Charlie came out in the 60s, and I mean, he was still releasing stuff, even in the late 80s, which is crazy to me. But I mean, if you're good at writing children's books, you just keep doing it, I guess. I mean, he died two years later. Two years after uh, publishing Matilda? Yep, he died in 1990. Wow. Was was this the last one he did? Or did he get a get a couple more off before leaving this mortal coil? Hmm. That would be a good uh, research project. Holy shit, Wikipedia article has a lot of shit about Roald Dahl. <laughs> well, there, there's literally a lot of shit about him because he's a shithead. <laughs> uh, he, his last book know. was published in 1991 after he died. It was Billy in the Minpin. Mm. Well, all right. Might have to look into that. I've never heard of that. Neither have I. <clears throat> but Matilda, I don't like. We're we're pretty familiar with it. Um, 
would you say that this is like maybe his second most famous uh, story after Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or best known? Or do you think something like James and the Giant Peach might have it beat? So James and the Giant Peach, I know, is Raw Doll. And again, I didn't even realize that Matilda was Raw Doll until we went to read it. I, I had thought Matilda was just the movie from the 90s. Mm. You thought the movie came first? I thought the movie was standalone. I didn't oh, know there was. I didn't know there was a book. Oh, okay. Until we were gonna read it, like we started talking about. It. We talked about it a few a years ago or a couple of years ago when we were doing this, and I was like, even then, I was like, there's a book. Ma- Matilda, there's a book. <laughs> most most movies are you know based on a book. A lot of them are comic books, but uh, most uh, popular movies, yeah, start off as, as books. Really? So the Terminator started off as a book, Andy. Well, that was written, both of those were written by James Cameron, so. (laughs) Oh, so sometimes movies don't have books, and it's not so crazy that I might have thought. Sometimes they don't. All I'm saying. (laughs) But a movie about books probably was a book first. Are there books in the movie? There's books in the movie. There's books in the story. That's not the important part, though. She's got superpowers. (laughs) The books books are one of the most important parts of the story. Uh, We can agree to disagree. (laughs) I don't know. Reading is pretty much an essential element to to the story, and at, at any rate, yes, agreed. She does like reading. Any well. before we get into the story of Matilda, um, I believe since we've covered Roald Dahl to death and what he's said and done, uh, we have a bit of news related to Roald Dahl that isn't directly Roald Dahl related. Josh, why don't you give us that update? So here's the Dahl report. Uh, there's a new movie coming out to the Willy Wonka movie. It is called Wonka. It is a prequel starring Timothy Chalamet as Wonka. And, uh, for our listeners, there will be a novelization written by Siebel Pounder released by Puffin Books on December 15th. So, um, <laughs> Pounder. Yeah. But she's a children's <laughs> author and she's done a few, uh, books and they really like her and so they said that she would be a great person and will probably write in the same style as Dal. so here's uh maybe we will cover it probably not but so i just got a question if this is a prequel so it's going to be like what happened with wonka before he had the chocolate factory i'm guessing um yeah it's it's him like discovering like basically him becoming a chocolatier okay and um and then discovering them the the discovering the oompa loompas and also like how him and slugworth they have that competition they might uh, do a little bit into that like explaining like his rivalry with Slugworth so hmm. I watched the trailer and it, there seems to be a lot involved in Willy Wonka taking on the chocolate cartel I'm not making this up there's a chocolate cartel which I believe uh, Slugworth is like the head of that Slugworth so. is pr- pr- yeah, probably part of that cartel that try to keep him down but gosh darn it Willy Wonka is just so charismatic that his, his chocolate takes over the world so this probably explains why all those other chocolate companies wanted to take him down and learn his secrets and all that rot the other chocolate companies have to pay workers because Wonka has <laughs> slaves that's, yeah that's, that's, his, what I'm that's his big at. secret so, that's his big secret when she when she writes that part I wonder <laughs> <laughs> how she's going to deal with the acquisition of human beings for labor <laughs> <Did> <laughs> you, are, there are Oompa Loompas in the movie one of them yes. is played by Hugh Grant 
I believe and they're are, are they all going to be played by Hugh Grant? Uh, kind of like they did with the know. last don't, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. They only showed one in the trailer. That's he was true. Kind of like, uh, yeah, Timothy Chalamet was kind of talking to him. He was like, like under this glass container or whatever, and we started dance. Hugh Grant Oopalumpa started dancing. So I don't know. I don't know if they're gonna do the same thing that Tim Burton did and made them all played by the same actor. That was kind of weird. Uh, all it says is Hugh Grant Oopalumpa. Huh. Okay. Hmm. So maybe they are doing a Deep Roy kind of thing with the Oompa Loompas again. Yeah. They weren't all the same people in the the um, Gene Wilder version. Correct. But they were using little people. So They were using little people. Another regular actor taking away work from taking little Taking away the job of the little guys. Like literal Terrible. little guys. Terrible. <laughs> That's why they're on strike. <laughs> One of the many reasons. So uh, that is one of the things. Uh, the other news I have is, is Matilda the Musical is out on Netflix. It is an ad- adaptation of the screenplay. And I have not watched it yet, <laughs> but we can watch it for the reiterated. Josh, all movies are adaptation of screenplays. Yeah. <laughs> ah, yes. Good point. Adaptation adap- of that the Broadway I musical. Stage play. Uh, <laughs> the stage play. <laughs> the stage play on... Yes. Uh, from Broadway. Yes, the Broadway stage play, which is now off Broadway and is, you know, starting to be picked up by uh by community theaters here and there. So there's a chance I may be playing an Oompa Loompa in the future. I don't know. Ooh, that'd be great. <laughs> I would love to see you as an Oompa Loompa. Yeah, you'll come out to see me if I make it into Matilda the... wait, no, this is Matilda the I'll musical. live there. <laughs> there's no Oompa Loompas in Matilda the musical. God That's damn true. it. Dang. Well This is why you don't podcast sober. You can be the dad. I'll be the dad in Matilda, yep. Which brings us back to Matilda. Yes. Yes. (laughs) God damn it, let's cover Matilda. We've been talking about Matilda. You were talking about the uh, Broadway stage play that's now off-Broadway, so it could be stage-played at stages all near us. I was was still in Wonka land. We were talking (laughs) about that Wonka movie, and I got stuck. But there's no Oompa Loompas in Matilda. No. Matilda is the size of an Oompa Loompa, though. <laughs> She's about According the size to the illustrations. of yes. an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, would you say that um, it's an appropriate time to pull a Bob's Your Uncle? Yes. Yeah, we can do a Bob's Your Uncle. Well, great. Here's Harold right. with the Bob's Your Uncle summary of Matilda. All right. Have you seen the movie Matilda? Bob's Your Uncle. That's Matilda. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Watch the movie and you have the Bob's Your Uncle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Great summary. So Matilda is a four-year-old girl that is way beyond her years in intelligence and ability. And she is different than her family. Her family, they hate reading. They're very uh, against intellectualism. And uh, the dad is a car dealer who wheels and deals with uh nasty tricks on people so that he can get their money without uh spending any money on the cars and his mom is or her mom stays at home and has decided to go with looks over smarts and uh just is happy with what she gets from what her husband Mr. Wormwood brings home uh, Matilda loves to read books but after she's read all the books in the house which uh don't amount to much more than hair books and and whatnot that her mom has around magazines uh she asked her dad to buy her a book he says no so she starts going to the library and she goes to the library and just starts reading book after book first she starts with children's books and then when the librarian realizes that those are too easy for her because she basically tells her that uh she moves on to more adult books and at 
one point is reading a John Steinbeck book called The Pink Horse. Is that what it is? I think um, so. Yeah, I think it's called The Pink Horse. Um, the Red Pony? Red Pony. That's what it is. Red Pony. That's better. Uh, so <laughs> anyhow, she she's reading this book and her dad sees her reading the book and he he basically tells her he doesn't want her to read that stuff and he rips the book in half. And uh, Matilda decides at this point that she's going to do play a little trick on her dad. So she super glues his hat to his head, which is a great scene in the movie. If you haven't seen the movie. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so she starts. They, they get her into school because she just really needs to go. And she gets down there and there is Mrs. Trenchbull is the headmistress and her teacher is Miss Honey. No, her teacher wasn't Miss Honey at the start. She was in the little kids class. And uh, she is clearly smart. She knows all of her times tables all the way up. And then it continues on further. Uh, She knows more and more of the uh, multiplication tables or just random numbers. Uh, Basically, she eats information out of books. She knows math. She says it at one point that uh, she figures if a calculator can do it, she ought to be able to, a pocket calculator. And uh, as time goes by, uh, you start to find that Mrs. Trunchbull is just this very awful woman who hates all children and wishes all children would act like adults. Actually, I got to tell you, Mrs. Trunchbull is basically <laughs> raw doll. Um, and then Mrs. And so Miss Honey, though, is her teacher. It is her teacher. And she starts noticing she wants Matilda to move up in class because she thinks she's too smart to be at the bottom class. Mrs. Trunchbull feels like Miss Honey is trying to get rid of the girl because she's too hard because uh, Miss Trunchbull buys a car from Mr. Wormwood and Mr. Wormwood, who talks nothing but horrid trash about his own daughter, (laughs) uh, told Miss Trunchbull that. Yeah, Matilda was awful. A lot of stuff happens here. Josh would probably call it filler. But basically what it comes down to is Matilda finds out that Trunchbull is Miss Honey's aunt and that Trunchbull has essentially taken her home and taken everything from her after her father died uh, and very possibly by making a false will or a letter from her father. And... uh, so Matilda discovers that she has powers one day when she's super angry with her with her dad and she spills some water over. And as this goes on, she uh, she practices with cigar. She feels like she's moving stuff with her eyes by looking at it. And eventually she decides she comes up with this plan and writes a note uh, on the chalkboard to Miss Trunchbull while she's teaching their class that it's her brother Magnus and that she needs to give back all the stuff to her daughter. And Mrs. Trunchbull has a nervous breakdown and leaves. And uh, Miss Honey ends up getting all of her stuff that was hers to begin with because the will comes in the mail a couple of days later. Uh, Mr. Wormwood decides that they got to leave the country because he's working with criminals and it's time to go. And Matilda asks if she can live with Miss Honey which her parents don't really like her anyway, so they give her up fairly easily. And uh, Bob's your uncle. She lives happily ever after without powers anymore because she doesn't need them with Miss Honey. (laughs) That's Matilda. There's a lot that happens, and it's like there's things that I want to say are more important than others, but I kept finding myself needing to kind of ride to the end of it because 
I don't want to give away all the little things. There's a lot in the story, and it's not filler. It's all very good, entertaining stuff. It all has to do with the story of her becoming Matilda. It really does. And I I was, again, it's funny because I'm going back and forth in my head as I'm trying to remember the story, and I'm I'm getting scenes (laughs) from the movie that play out exactly as in the book in my head. Right. I think there was a couple moments in there where you were confused by what happened in the movie versus what happened in the book. I um, think so, yeah. A couple minor yeah. details, like she first gets mad and her powers manifest while she's in class and uh, Miss Trunchbull is uh, yelling at her. Okay. Uh, so like she she knocks over the glass that has the, the newt in it because another uh, classmate is pulling a prank on Miss Trunchbull, which by the way, these kids are very like bravely doing things to Miss Trunchbull who is who you do not want to mess with. <laughs> no, doesn't she fucking hammer throw one of the kids? Yeah. Yep, yeah. She does. Grabs the little girl by the pigtails just because she hates pigtails and just like winds up and throws her over the fence or something. I'm pretty sure that happens in the movie as well. I think so too, yeah. Yeah. And then and like you know the- what? I wasn't confused by the movie or the book. I was just confused, confused at that moment because after I said that it was her dad, I was like, I'm pretty sure it was in class with Miss Trunchable. <laughs> so <laughs> Okay. And I haven't seen the movie in forever, so I don't remember right. if, yeah, either, like so. her powers ever happened at home, aside from when she was practicing for the big uh the big one to pull on Miss mm. Trunchbull. So Yeah, that's the that's the scene that I remember from the movie is her like dancing around the uh house while all the stuff yeah. floating while around her. things are flying right. around her yeah and she's dancing yeah. to music yeah yeah I, and i don't that didn't happen in the book but i also think that at the end of the movie they were suggesting that she still had all those powers mm-hmm. right yeah where the book like she didn't they just went away because she didn't need them yep she didn't need them anymore well she was using her brain for other things knowledge which is good because this could have been a much, much worse situation. This book could have went, she could have become a villain. Easily. <laughs> it actually made me uh, go ahead and rewatch, uh, what's that movie with the where the kid is an Brightburn. alien? Yeah, Brightburn. Brightburn. Yeah, I watched that. Because hmm. I was reading, I read this and I was like, actually, no, I want to read that. I want to watch that. <laughs> so then I watched Brightburn because I was like, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I watched Brightburn recently with Haley. It was pretty good. I've seen it before, but it's an interesting movie. That whole ship. Yeah. 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 I don't want to spoil Brightburn for people that haven't seen it. I haven't seen Brightburn. Oh, it's it, good. Isn't we that a few years it. old? Didn't it come out a few years it ago? Is. Yeah. Where it's basically a Superman story, just if the Superman was like evil or it's, used, yeah. didn't, didn't have the like parental guidance to use his powers for, for the good of humanity. He still had, his parents are still very much uh, John and Martha Kent. I mean, okay. Yeah, it's they they aren't those characters, but they they're very much like that. You know what I mean? They live on a farm. Different. His mentality is different. What his well, that's part of the movie. Yeah, that's part of the movie. movie. (laughs) Just yeah, just watch it. It's it's not it's not super long. So bitch, I might like hour and a half long. Yeah, it's a short one. But yeah, so this this she could have went way worse, but luckily she got uh she got paired with Miss Honey in the end. So. She was just mischievous. She wasn't really evil. She, really she was, was mischievous. Yeah. And she, well, she was also neglected because her parents, For again, sure. assholes. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
her dad was a straight up criminal. Right. I I looked up because I was like, I've heard about putting sawdust in a crankshaft before. And that used to be like way back in the day. That was a thing that was common. Like people did that because they thought that it helped. But what it did is it, yeah, it ran smoother for about 3000 miles. And then it would thicken up the, the, um, the oil in the crankshaft and cause it to deteriorate really quickly. So, mm. so that is a thing that you can do. And then, yeah, turning the, uh, the odometer back with the a... odometer. <laughs> I don't know how true that is. Uh, so I <laughs> probably knew... not in cars made anytime around the present. Yeah. There, I, there, I know of, uh, allegedly somebody was doing that years and years ago. I was like 19, um, but this dude, he, he had like 30,000 miles on this truck that he was driving an hour each way to work every day for years. And it, there was allegations from people because he would like pull his truck in and get with another guy and they'd all get down in there. And there was allegations that he was rolling back the odometer. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, used car dealers, you got to keep an eye on them. This guy was just doing it because he would want to sell it eventually. You know what I mean? He wasn't doing it for, yeah, I don't know. Uh, he wasn't a used car dealer. <laughs> he wasn't a dealer. He was just a. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah. He should have just unhooked a speedometer. That does the same thing. Idiot. Right. That might have been that might have been what they did. I don't know what it was that they did, but I know that there was talk about the fact that there's no way this dude's truck only had 30,000 some miles on it. Well, then, yeah, you probably just unhooked the speedometer so that it wouldn't. Right. Uh, odometer. Start. That's an odometer, Josh. Well, a lot of. The dometers. Just unhook if the you, dometers. If you unhook I personally know somebody who did that, and they had to unhook the speedometer for it to work, okay? <laughs> so they didn't know how fast they were going either? Nope. We have we did no, not. no means of gauging anything. Hmm. We had a RPM, and basically you had to gauge it. Uh, based on where which gear you were in and uh, the RPMs. That is how it was done. It was not safe, but that's how it was done. It sure as fuck sounds like whatever car this was didn't need to have low mileage. <laughs> it really didn't. That's why I didn't understand why the person did it. It made no sense. So, yeah, yeah. whatever. <laughs> it's fine. But anyway, so yeah, that is something that you can do. You can put uh, sawdust in your crankshaft on older cars and make it last sound good for about three three thousand miles to Graceland. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get going on that. <laughs> Stick to Matilda. So, uh, so yeah, she starts reading a lot. She goes. She even goes to the library by herself to get books because she's that determined. To learn. And it gives a list of the uh, the books that she's that she's gone through, and some of them are real real big heavy hitters. <laughs> you got like Jane Eyre, Pride and Prejudice, uh, The Invisible Man, Old Man in the Sea, just to name a few. And like she's just tearing through them at five years old. And it's funny how much her parents hate the idea of reading. But doesn't her dad at one point say he can't read, or he's thinking that in his head, like how dare she do something he can't do? Something along those lines. I, I bet he he probably. Can't can read he just does doesn't like read recreationally like right. he doesn't have the patience for it or well they like the telly they like they like tv yep so. right there which is one of the the major sins that rolled doll uh 
you know, kind of writes about in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He's not a big fan of the TV. You know, what's funny about Roald Dahl, too, is that, again, Trunchbull is very much like Roald Dahl. And Matilda is very much the type of child that Roald Dahl would see as the perfect child to have. Right. Absolutely. Like smart uh to their point manners reads does all the things that a child should do mm-hmm. yet trunchbull still hates matilda i think that's telling of raw doll i don't think it matters if the child is seen and not heard or <laughs> which makes you wonder why he writes so many kids books it really does maybe he was hoping that by writing books like that he would get people kids to be like yeah i'm gonna be like matilda I want to read books all the time. And I mean, like, that'd be great if that worked, but I don't think that's, yeah, too simple a solution. Matilda also has other things that aren't like just superpowers, but they are helpful. It seems like she has a photographic memory with being able to do the times tables like she she is able to do. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And she really can't explain how she does the math. She just like does it because a calculator can do it. Why can't I? Yeah. So just her, her brains alone are a superpower. Super brains. But man, the way that she gets back at her parents, flipping love it, dude. It's so fun. She sticks a parrot up the chimney. Oh, (laughs) yeah. It's a ghost. It's great. Uh, The hair dye. The hair dye. The super glue with the hat. Mm -hmm. And those are all in retaliation for for times where her dad was really mean to her. Yeah, they were all. That's the thing. They're all deserving punishments and they're not over the top. They're just, you know, fun kid pranks. But yeah, still definitely do the job, especially the peroxide in the hair. Man, that's so fun. Because when you put peroxide in your hair, it doesn't go white per se. It it definitely does lighten. Yeah, it goes yellow. (laughs) Sometimes orange. Yeah, to get the white from personal experiment experience. To get the mm-hmm. white, you have to use some kind of like silvering or bluing agent. I don't remember what it is, but uh, jo- Justin tried to do it years ago. <laughs> and wound up with an orange mess. No, he got his pretty oh, white. Did he get it pretty white? Yeah. It was really light yellow. Mine was bright yellow. I did the bleach the hair thing, too. And yeah, I remember. Yeah, that I remember whole coming home that late, night. That late was 90s, interesting. 2000s yep. kind of craze of uh, of dudes wanting to bleach their hair. Uh-huh. Didn't you do it because you wanted to be like Eminem? <laughs> I don't know if I did it because I wanted to be like Eminem, but I definitely like any fucking 19, 20 year old that is into something was like, hey, I want to do that, too. Yeah, eventually, it just became the tips, like just the uh, the, the spiky, frosted tips. the frosted tips. Yeah. Rather than like the whole bleach job, the the entire head of hair. Well, I think the frosted tips came because people kept getting realizing that when you bleach your hair and you have dark brown or black hair, it's immediately going to show like six days later. That's what happened with me. I would just I would get my hair bleached when it was short and then I'd have like, you know, bleach hair for about a month and then then I'd have frosted tips for a while. Right. Unless I decided Mm. to go another color, in which case, you know, I did blue. So that was an interesting time. (laughs) (laughs) And then the fact that somebody other than Matilda attempted to play a trick on Miss Trunchbull. What was she thinking? Seriously, there's no good would come of that. (laughs) They do quite a bit to establish that you don't want to mess with Miss Trunchbull. Like there's an older girl in school that tells 
Matilda and her friend Lavender from class about uh, the Chokey, which is uh, just like a little closet or like a coffin or whatever that with like nails and shards of glass like on the inside of it to make sure you don't sit down or lean against the the sides. Or... It's like an Iron Maiden. Like an Iron Maiden. That's yeah. what I was looking for. Yeah. The Chokey's like an Iron Maiden. Yeah. Chokey's an Iron Maiden. She has a fucking Iron Maiden that she puts children in. I know. Uh, this is and a rolled doll part, wet dream right here. The worst part <laughs> is that she doesn't even use it, like call it the punish name that she should because it would literally be called the Pokey because it's going to poke you. The Pokey. Yeah, that would be uh, That would be a way better, better name. name. For it. That would make why, more sense. <laughs> why does she call it the Chokey? I don't know. Also, the pokey is another name for jail. So, Miss, there yeah, you go. missed opportunity there, Rold. Mm-hmm. Maybe you uh, have too much hate in your heart to have good puns. The sure. part where she makes the kid eat the chocolate cake—that just made me that want chocolate great. cake. I want, <laughs> I wanted some chocolate cake. Right, I, and, I remember that. watching the movie too, and I wanted some of that chocolate cake. It was fucking delicious looking. But yeah, I that that part right there, I was like, this is like bit for bit from the movie mm-hmm. so so it's from the book <laughs> no i'm pretty sure roald dahl wrote it based on the movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> he based his 1988 book on the 1996 movie uh roald dahl Literally. created the roald till uh, the doll till valve he was a pilot in world war ii a famed time traveler <laughs> and famed anti-semite yeah <laughs> And proponents of child abuse. Piece of shit. <laughs> but this Bruce Bogtrotter kid, like, stole a piece of chocolate cake. So Miss Trunchbull calls this big assembly for the whole school to watch him uh, eat an entire giant chocolate cake. And he does it. Like, he finishes it. And I think, and the Trunchbull just kind of storms off and um, is embarrassed. I don't know why she like trying trying to find like if that's really what she did because I would think that, that is she what would've... she did because oh, he, she he like, triumphs. She like smashed the the plate over his head, but he was too full to even feel it. <laughs> well, and everybody was like cheering for him and everything. Everyone was cheering for him, yeah. But she just kind of ran off embarrassed instead of like pressing on his gut and making him throw it up again. I don't know. She should have had two cakes. <laughs> She, yeah, she should have had a backup cake Bam. for if she if he finished the first one. Now, now you must this. eat another. <laughs> but yeah, she also throws a little girl like an Olympic hammer, and well, she, she like does her uh, weekly class visit to uh, to Matilda's class, and like when one of the boys can't answer. Uh, a math problem correctly. She like picks him up by the ears. And just oh yeah, them. stretches them. She says they'll never tear off. Ears just stretch. Mm-hmm. And there's like a boy with with long hair that she she just like grabs him by the hair. So yeah, he's 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 living out some uh, some child abuse fantasies here through this through this character for sure. But Trunchbull is yeah. They make clear that she's a nasty <laughs> nasty person. Yeah, while while making it clear that she deserves to get hers. Yeah. Especially when we find out about Miss Honey, because she's been, uh, she's actually related to Miss Trunchbull, and Miss Trunchbull has been controlling her almost her entire life. She made her basically be a maid until she was a she was able to finally get out from underneath of her because a kindly old farmer let her live in this little shack, which we find out from Matilda when she goes to her house for the first time, and there's like just boxes. Yeah, there's like no furniture. There's only like a little. Uh... Uh, 
a little oil stove to to heat and cook food or whatever or boil water for tea it's only 10 pence a week though yeah only 10 pence a week for rent which i don't even think is reasonable in 1988 what you think it should have been more i think in 1988 it would have been more i think Roald Dahl was showing his uh disconnection from real <laughs> life at that point beyond <laughs> or he was basing it in a different time Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, uh, Trunchbull was only allowing uh, Miss Honey to have one pound per week out of out of her pay and just taking the rest. It's pretty crazy, too. Like, how does that happen? Well, in 2018, 10 pence was 12.6 cents. So Jesus, <laughs> 12, not terrible. 12.6 cents a week. Yeah, that, that farmer was uh, was giving it away. Yeah, for sure. It's probably some hipster couples out there who would pay like a thousand bucks a month. For a little shack like that. For a quaint little cottage. Oh my god, look at this little oil stove. It's the only way to heat this place. This is beautiful. Uh, I love it. It's just cottage core everywhere you look. Yeah. <laughs> totally off the grid. <laughs> totally off the grid? Oh, could you just? So yeah, don't let the hipsters find out about that, that cottage. Far too cheap for 1988. <laughs> Far too cheap. 12.6 American cents. A week. What is that farmer thinking? Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, when Matilda finds out all this, she uh, starts coming up with, with a plan. She, in her head, she's going to, she, fig- she figures that she's going to get back at Miss, Miss Trunchbull and help out Miss Honey. With her magic powers, she suddenly started grasping. Which, again, could have went way worse. But luckily, she did have the tutelage of Miss Honey to help her. I was just saying that if I found out that being angry is what gave me those powers, I just would have stayed angry. (laughs) Why give up the powers? You know what I'm saying? I don't think it was the anger. I think it was her brain power because it wasn't being utilized by other knowledge. Well, it was the anger in in conjunction with the, the brain power. Right. But yeah, I also don't understand why she got rid of her power. <laughs> I think it said that like the brain power was being so stifled. It was just like laser focused. And uh, after like w- after she was in a situation where it wasn't being stifled anymore, like she was more free to be who she is. Uh, she doesn't ha- use her powers anymore. She doesn't, isn't able. I don't know if she says she's able to use her powers anymore. Or she just chooses not to i think it was that she doesn't that she couldn't she couldn't she said that she tried and she just doesn't get that feeling behind her eyes that she would get before with the hatred or or the fingers (laughs) pushing out from her eyes she she didn't have that feeling anymore the demonic hatred (laughs) and tilda is a sith lord darth a librarian, Darth Tilda. <laughs> I was thinking it was more like t- telekinesis or like Professor X. Oh, oh, but I think it should be more telekinesis like that game, Psyops. Who knows? Oh, God, I love that fucking game Remember so Remember that much. game? <laughs> I love that game, Harold. You know how much I love that fucking game. I have it on my PS2 hard drive right now, <laughs> which is in Psyops. Michigan. Never heard that one. <laughs> I love that fucking game. It's so good. You can take over people's brains and make them jump into a pit. So mm. fun. <laughs> Matilda. <laughs> Psyops Matilda. Yeah, Psyops Matilda. Psytilda. I seem to remember from uh, back in the day, like the uh, the powers being more uh, in the story, or like more of in the movie. They like, are like 
yeah, the movie, like it, the, the powers it happens are a lot more deal. in the in the story, yeah, yeah, because like it's just like the it's the first time where she tips over the glass, and then like after class she stays and like can purposefully like knock over the glass for Miss Honey to prove that she can do it, right? Which she does, she does in the book. Yeah, like I thought there was like more time of using her powers uh, in that way, but really it's only like the last third or last quarter of the book yes and in the yeah because in the there's the whole scene in the movie where she's flying stuff around and i feel like it happens more often like the powers were a big part they they and, come up with more things for her to use her powers to do yeah in the movie yeah yeah and that, this, that makes sense yeah some things are better in films some things are better in books yeah obviously you want visually impressive things to happen more in movies well, in 1996, the early that time right there, they were starting to come up with new special effects. They were always, always every new movie that came out had something going on with its special effects. You know what I mean? Mm. So that was, I know that was big at the time. So even 3,000 Miles to Graceland had that stupid scorpion fight at the beginning with two metal <laughs> CGI scorpions. Made no <laughs> sense at all. Or The Mummy Returns. <laughs> With the rocks, uh, oh, awesome scorpion, <laughs> the scorpion came. so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Peak CGI. Luckily, they used they used practical effects from Matilda, if I remember correctly. Just use strings. It seems like they would have. Yeah, I, I want to track that. I'm movie excited down. to watch that. <laughs> yeah, I want to track it down and watch it for the re- reiterated. Yeah, we're yeah, we're gonna sure. have to watch that together, as, as well as the musical, because I want to see what's up with the musical. Yeah, mm. that one's easier to see. It's just on Netflix, and I think they, I think the. 96 movie was on Netflix until recently. Very possibly. It's not anymore. It's It's not not anything. Which is a shame. Yeah, you have to buy it or rent it. Yeah. Might keep my eyes open for it in the next few weeks if I go like thrifting or garage sales or whatever. I'll have to see if anybody's getting rid of a copy of Matilda. Yeah. I'm super excited to watch it because it's been a long time, but I know I've seen it a lot and it was even even while going through the book, there were parts where I'm like, it was hard to even like, was that what happened? Like I was almost so set on <laughs> what should happen next. And I was just, I guess I was more amazed though. Like I said, about how beat for beat it really was with, with the movie. I'll, we'll have to see, but yeah, I seem to remember it being very, pretty faithful to the subject matter or for, to the uh, source material. Yep. Which I mean, might make sense. I don't know. We'd have to find out if like Danny DeVito's a raw doll fan or something like that. He might be, he might've <laughs> liked those books. Maybe not the guy, but the books, you know what I mean? Sure. And, and uh, I mean, I I like the books, but right. not necessarily a fan of of what of what Roald Dahl had to say. Yeah, I mean, they're written. He wrote for children, and like this book is very good. It's like you don't have just because you're smart that that doesn't mean that you're bad. It it means you know you can use that for good, even if you are a little mischievous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just come you come up with better pranks, right? And then even though you are a, a child, you're not all innocence and fluffy rainbows and shit you can be a, a monster right <laughs> not, yeah matilda not, not not necessarily was but like at the very beginning of the book he's talking about how a lot of parents see their children as perfect little angels uh when really they're just little demons that need to be punched in the face yep <laughs> <laughs> not those words exactly but no 
<laughs> but he was saying that, you know, you have to sit there and listen to people go on and on about their kid who, you know, basically the kid's over there eating glue and they're like, my little Timmy. And you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> I just want to punch this little shit in the throat. He's chugging Elmer's. <laughs> Paste is delicious. <laughs> it's got sugar. That's literally why they would, kids would eat it is because it, it was sugar paste. Andy, so. I don't I don't know if you remember this kid, but I'll never forget him. But yeah. in third grade in Mrs. Schulteis's class, we had this kid who would sit there and he would literally like take the Elmer's glue and he would like dump it in his mouth. He would like squeeze it in his mouth and like eat it. I think I recall. Yeah. And then there was a day that he got in trouble and the teacher came over or I don't know if it was Mrs. Schulteis or that that substitute we had for like half the year. Came mm-hmm. over and lifted his desk, and in his pencil tray, he had it full of Elmer's glue, and he was taking gobs of it on his finger and like eating it. And that's how she caught him. Ugh. And I'll never forget it. I don't remember what his name was or anything, but like I'm just like I in third grade, I was like, why is he eating glue? <laughs> I think <laughs> I think I remember what his name is, but I'm not gonna out him on the show. Don't out him. Don't out him. Did he stay in? <laughs> did he stay with you for the? duration of school uh i believe so yeah oh. was he was he as uh, i think like I, was he as lightning quick the whole time lightning quick the whole time <laughs> i'm being sarcastic was he Shit. as lightning oh. quick the whole time <laughs> no i think he wound up in special ed program okay well now i feel bad <laughs> <laughs> shout out to that guy couldn't have wherever, been the glue wherever you are anyways yeah <laughs> matilda so, was not was not that no raw no. doll would have hated that kid though yeah <laughs> no matilda was wonderful so wonderful that uh when her parents decided to leave because they were criminals <laughs> she decided to go to miss honey and miss honey was like yeah i'll take her of course she's perfect yeah the law was on to uh to mr wormwood and his crooked dealings and they were on their way, so they had to flee the country, and they fled to Spain. Which is, of which course, I'm where you go. I'm pretty sure extradites to Britain. So <laughs> makes no sense going uh, to Spain unless they're hiding according to, out. According to the to the book, it's uh, they said they're running off to Spain where they can't get him. So I don't know. Mm, that's maybe, probably where the criminals. Maybe at the time they didn't extradite, out. but so, so maybe. Yeah, I, he, I mean, he wasn't in trouble with the law. He was in trouble with criminals. <laughs> Well, they don't actually say who he's in trouble with. They just say he's in trouble. Miss Honey says that he works with criminals. It was only a matter of time. I assume it's the criminals he's in trouble with, and they extradite from anywhere. That's the- true. I was thinking it was like, oh, he's working with criminals. Therefore, the police are have caught on to him, and that's why he's running. We just came to the different conclusions. Yeah. I think the book kind of led to the, like, he is the criminal. He is a criminal, but he works with criminals. And I figured that it was that he had screwed over somebody and they were on to him. That's how I took it as. But maybe it could be the other way around. Either way, he, they're running. Right. Do they ever say the parents' names? Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Wormwood. Yeah, I think Mr. I, and Mrs. Wormwood. I think it's just yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Wormwood. Oh, Wormwood, we gotta get out of here. The cops are on to us. <laughs> I'll take the Mustang. <laughs> she also had a brother, but he was a. Big, He's mentioned twice, I think. <laughs> He's like a big nothing. Like, there's this, just one scene in the book where, like, his dad was trying to get him to add up all his profits for the day, and 
he was just kind of writing them down and he wanted him to do the math because he was going to join him, join him in the car business one day. But Matilda's all like, well, I know the answer is blah, 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 blah. You made this, this much. And that's what led to him getting a canary up the chimney. Parrot. Parrot up the chimney. Thank you. I remember there being a brother from, from the movie too, because he was, he was, uh, he was often in kids movies at that time. Oh, I take it back. That whole math scene led to him getting the platinum blonde treatment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that the canary or the parrot came later, didn't it? The parrot came because he ripped up a library book. Oh, so okay, yeah. This is before the math, and okay. the hat and the super glue came because uh, Matilda was pointing out that what he does with the cars is illegal. Oh, yep, yeah. But overall, this was a great. So, book. anyways, yeah, wonderful story. A lot of a lot of great themes. Reading, obviously, a a plus. Go go do it <laughs> for sure. It's very I think the, good. The number one theme is, is focus your anger so you get superpowers. Oh yeah. But reading is a close second. Read a lot and <laughs> let your let your hate consume you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you it are. may manifest in a million small hands, uh, beaming out from your eyes. A million invisible hands reaching out and tipping over water glasses and <laughs> writing cryptic messages. I gotta say, I loved that description. By the way, we've yeah, mentioned that was it a, a really good times, description. But I wanted to, yeah, yeah. It's like what a way to think of it or like imagine it that's mm-hmm. that's pretty good yeah that that son of a bitch was a pretty good author again i the twits was my first quote-unquote big kid book that i ever read so and he was also a decent head injury valve creator <laughs> decent <laughs> inventor of a of a head spigot a one one <laughs> medical device <laughs> yeah. he knew how to tap a cranium that's for sure <laughs> So yeah, I think I uh, I can safely say that we all recommend this book, and it's pretty safe to say. Yeah, I'd I recommend imagine. the book. Yeah, for sure, we recommend it. Go read Good it. Book. Watch Good the book. movie. Thumbs up. You can't see me. I'm giving you the thumbs up. Yeah, watch. Yeah, yeah watch there. the movie for sure too, because it's a classic. Uh, right. Speaking of reading, though, has any have you guys been reading anything lately? Not really. Not since Matilda. Yeah. Okay. Well, I happen to go to the largest bookstore in the country, possibly the world, in Portland called Powell's Books. It was huge. It was super awesome. I highly recommend checking it out if you are ever in that part of the country. There were tens of books there. It was the largest bookstore in the country. Oh, man, at least ten. It is literally a square block each way. (laughs) It is a full city block. They have a map. It's super fun. So I got Matilda there and I got a couple of stickers and uh, I found some other books, but I didn't. They were the they weren't used. They were new. So I was like, eh, I can wait. It's fine. I'll get them from thrift books. <laughs> but, I'm yeah. not paying premium for this bullshit. <laughs> eh. It's yeah, not even a movie. New. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're the, they're the Dresden file books. They're kind of new. So oh. I've been reading them. I, I enjoy the Dresden file. I just finished Peace Talks and I just started on to Battlegrounds. So those are urban fantasy novels. If you enjoy urban fantasy, you probably have already read them. <laughs> if not, I highly recommend the Dresden files. So, but that's it for that's all I have for this week. What about you, Andy? Um, 
I found a very close to first edition uh, print of The Shining at a garage sale. So that was kind of neat. What's very close? What's very close to first? Uh, it's it's not first first edition, but it's like probably first print. Okay. Or it's not first print; it's first edition. Probably I don't know, but it's like a copy of The Shining from the year it was first published. So ah, okay. That was a pretty neat find. Heck yeah! Let's finish this up. I'm hot. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just now reading that there was there was a censorship co- controversy around uh, Matilda where the publisher was going to give the treatment that R.L. Stein got on some of his Goosebumps books, uh, that they wanted to make uh, more than 60 changes, including replacing references to Richard Kipling and Joseph Conrad with Jane Austen and John Steinbeck, uh, removing references to skin color, such as turning white, beginning to go dark red, red in the face, and white as paper, removing or changing the words fat, mad, and crazy, such as changing wobbling crazily to wobbling unsteadily, removing the word Madonna, and changing heroine to hero. Hmm. 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 I feel like, uh, like I didn't hear that Joseph Conrad. I heard or those two names. I got Jane Austen or Jane Eyre and uh, Jane Austen and John Steinbeck and John Steinbeck. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They were they replaced Richard Kipling and Joseph Conrad probably because of problematic things that they wrote about. But I don't know. I don't think publishers should pretend that that stories were written today. I think this is just. I don't think so either. Leave them as they were. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I get really tired of us all trying to pretend like history didn't happen. Like, well, maybe if we forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can just educate our kids better. Say, hey. Yeah. <laughs> back in the 1980s, uh, they were still held in pretty high esteem. But I mean, and it's really confusing when you get to like removing references to skin color because, you know, turning turning white is, is like a reference to like being scared or getting red in the face is when like when you get when you're embarrassed really yeah, upset. that literally happens or embarrassed yeah okay so so, so uh joseph uh, rudyard kipling okay rudyard kipling he wrote the jungle book uh-huh um but the reason that he fell out of favor is because he was a staunch jingo imperialist who said and wrote a lot of extremely problematic things about race and empire oh yeah I'm sure. Like he was, he was a colonizer through and he, through. He died in 1936, and he was born in Mumbai, India, in 1865. Like, <laughs> <laughs> why was he like that? Well, let's explain British imperialism in the 1800s, 181900 1800s. Well, just watch RRR because it's that's what it's about. <laughs> but he was held. He was held up as a, a literary, a person of great literary standing through the 80s and 90s that's true so so it would be i don't know yeah Yeah, it's a complicated world we live in it is but everybody wants to make it try and be simple like oh nope yeah simple answers we go to some some bad places and we try to make it as simple as possible yes sir anywho that's matilda matilda (laughs) matilda (laughs) problematic raw doll leads us to problematic rudyard kipling Yeah, at uh, at some point we can't even talk about Roald Dahl anymore. Right. So let's talk about talk about while we can. <laughs> Anywho, that's our show. Next uh, uh-huh. next time on Reliterated, we're going to <laughs> we're going to revisit someone who we hope never shows shows herself to be another piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
Beverly Cleary and her her novel Beezus and Ramona. I think that we're okay on Beverly Cleary. Hopefully we're safe. Hopefully she's safe and good and in her, you know, resting easy. Oh my god, I just read that Beverly Cleary hid Nazis in Argentina. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. White supremacist Beverly Clear. No, I can't even I can't even finish that phrase with a straight face. It's now known uh. as it's now known as mouse in the motorcycle. <laughs> oh gosh. All right. Okay. So that yep, that's next episode. All right. <laughs> Please don't dig up any dirt on Beverly Cleary until then. (laughs) (laughs) Support your local libraries. Give a shit. Read some lit. Bob's your uncle. That's reliterated. Thanks, everybody. This has been Reliterated, a production of the Chocolate Milk Friends and part of the 989 Podcast Network. If you enjoy our show, please consider giving us support by subscribing, recommending us to your book-reading, podcast-listening, 90s nostalgic friends, and most importantly, rating and reviewing us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible Podcasts, and Spotify. Did I mention we really want some Spotify ratings right now? Your ratings and reviews go a long way towards getting us in the ears of new listeners. You're also invited to join the growing Reliterated community on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. And if you really want to get nuts, we have a Discord too. So bing us and join us in this nonsense. If you have a book suggestion for a future episode or have questions for us, send us an email at reliterated at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.